0: Hi. Hello. How you doing? I'm all right. It's Too hot. It is too hot. Although it's cooled down, it is quarter past seven and it has
1: cooled down a little bit. True. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> listener, we we're recording this on the day that uh, the day that my kids have gone back to school. It's the hottest day of the year so far, I think. Um, so that's uh, that's all good fun, but uh, also it's the first. <laughs> First time we've recorded an episode since the end of June, so uh, we might be a bit rusty or a bit more rusty than normal. Um, (laughs) But uh, do you know what? It's episode 42. I've got my towel. I've had a pangalactic gargle blaster. We're ready to go.
0: Have you been reading something recently?
1: No, but if you know the significance of the number 42, then you will get it. Uh, Listener, if, um, if that's you, then let us know. And uh, uh, there's no prize for the winner. But anyway, we'll give you a shout out um, uh, when we remember.
0: Yeah. So
1: good. Uh, We've got a great episode today, listeners, because
0: (laughs) uh, we we are
1: interviewing Wes's boss's boss. So if he's a bit quiet and restrained, then uh, it's because he's scared. And he doesn't want to get sacked. Which is fair enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even more quiet and restrained than normal. (laughs) There we go. Oh, dear. So. You've been away. You've been travelling the world recently.
1: I've been travelling. Well, I've been travelling Northern Europe on a a big boat, um, which I think I'll go into more in the next episode, because today I really want to talk about where I went for Sunday dinner (laughs) uh, at the weekend which was uh, the barn which is near Lutterworth uh, in well probably the border of Leicestershire and Warwickshire. Um, It's an all vegan carvery and I've got to tell you it's absolutely fantastic. The uh, food choice was phenomenal. The amount of food was um too much for me because i uh i had so much that i uh i had it for sunday sunday lunch and then didn't eat again until monday lunchtime (laughs) Uh, that's how full i was but they do uh the standard carvery is like three Mm. types of vegan meat so for us it was i think let me think back it was turkey Flavour Satan pork, flavour Satan, and a sausage, and then uh, roast potatoes, mashed potatoes, every vegetable you could think of, uh, gravy. That sounds like stuffing. That sounds like and yes, and a giant uh, Yorkshire pudding from a Mabel's Foods. Wow! I tell you what, incredible, absolutely incredible. Yorkshire puddings is something that we've tried a few times never come off but the one that we had on sunday was incredible wow uh, from so a shout out to mabel's foods for that and a shout out to the barn as well we'll tag them in the um in the social media uh for this pod but uh yeah absolutely incredible if you're anywhere in the midlands then it's definitely worth checking out oh. and not just for the carvery they do stuff during the week as well so it's uh, it's open all week long so you can go and uh, check it out.
0: Awesomeness! Yeah, might pop up there next time. I'll come down to you. Yes, definitely.
1: How about you? What have you
0: been? Uh, what have you been up to? Um, nothing much really. Um, I have found um talking of vegan food restaurants type things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I live near Rochdale, um, which is, you know, there are good bits and there are bad bits. You know as with every town, as with every town. Um, but in the town center of Rochdale, there is a I don't think it's that new, but um, I think it it either opened at the end, not the end, um, as COVID sort of lifted a little bit, COVID restrictions lifted. Uh, it's called Bombay Brew and it is it has vegan options. Um, it hasn't, it's not fully vegan, but they do a every every curry we've had there so far has been great but i had uh, cauliflower, a cauliflower achani, i think it was called and it was mm. literally the best curry i've ever had wow just, but just i've never tasted anything like it and i'm desperate to find a recipe so i can just paint from my home <laughs> not not to say that i don't want to go back obviously i'll go back no much do I'm,
1: they do they do takeaway or is it uh, uh, no?
0: Eating? No, it's an eating thingy. Oh, a proper one. The proper one. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, it's really nice inside. It's got a kind of, I want to say like Moroccan shipwrecking type feel to it. Not like you average. Wow, that's nice.
1: bizarrely yeah. specific.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's got wow. Okay, feel, but it's got like it's got like um, ships wheels and. As much as as much as we would hate them, fishing nets or net cargo net cargo net cargo nets. There we go. We'll have that Um, decorated everywhere. But yes, it's it's amazing. It's really good. Really.
1: Even if they are fishing nets, it's better that they're on the wall of a restaurant than floating about in the ocean.
0: Yes, in the middle of the Pacific.
1: Definitely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good well we've turned into a restaurant review podcast now that's um yeah, that was an unexpected yeah. turn I'm yeah. going to give one more shout out because um I had to go into the office yesterday um I say had to that's like uh like a major hardship like in the olden days when you used to do it five days a week and that was just your job uh but I went in the office yesterday and just <laughs> as I was on my way home came down the stairs at St James's Park station and normally because i'm a nerdy commuter i normally like to walk along the platform a bit because i know if i get a particular door then i'll get off right by the stairs like it where i get off okay but the train was already in the platform so i just jumped on it at the nearest door and right in front of me three people holding vegan flags vegan t-shirts a bag covered in vegan badges and i was like this is meant to be so uh happened to have a how i vegan podcast badge attached to my work rucksack which i swiftly unclipped and passed to them and uh, we had a nice chat between uh, st james's park and embankment so um, hello to Letitia and uh, all her friends Uh, they'd been doing some uh, activism outside the the embassy of mauritius Protesting at the uh, Mauritius government supporting the uh, the trade in live monkeys, where they send them to labs in the US for wow. testing, which we don't like the sound of. Oh. But yes, uh, they're they're involved in a lot of um, a lot of uh, outreach in central London and uh, we'll tag Letitia in the social media post for this pod so if you're in central London and you fancy a bit of activism you can get in touch with her and she will tell you where they're going to be and when oh so yeah sounds that amazing. was a um that was a nice uh, surprise at the end of a hot day in London
0: fantastic bit of networking never went and missed it exactly exactly mm. that's it so all good yeah what do we need to say now um i can't remember what do we say what, I can't remember what do what we did. say
1: now we say something like if you want to get in, in touch go on you, you this me, is how out of practice
0: we are go on you do it if you want to get in touch um send us a message um on any of our social medias of which there are many but not all um and just just yeah tell us how great we are or how crap but don't do that because that would be rubbish um and if you want to come on do the same send us a message and say i'd like to come on or ask us any questions whatever you want get in touch.
1: yeah
0: is there anything else they could do is there any other way they uh
1: everything's on our link tree so go to our uh, probably instagram is our most active platform Go to our Instagram, How I Vegan Podcast, or one word, yeah, and uh, click on the bio, the link in our bio, and that will take you to our link tree with all the all the info that you need. And you can find links to uh, websites for some of our guests, uh, links to the music of uh, Vistopia, our favorite band,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, what else? Yeah, anything else that you might need.
0: Yeah. Or you can email really us. Forward at to hearing app, from you. Or you can email us at Hawaiiveganpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, you still got it? No, very it. good. Cool. Hi,
1: hey, Bob. <laughs> How
0: are
2: you?
0: I'm not too bad. How are you?
2: I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, thanks.
1: Hi, Sarah. Nice to meet you.
2: Hi, nice to meet you, Matthew.
1: Is that the uh, Amnesty International poster over your shoulder that was on the um, in Toby's office in the West Wing?
2: It is, and you're the only person that's ever picked up on that. He's been up there for years, but yes, it is.
0: <laughs> he was.
1: this is how you win brownie points.
2: Absolutely, I'm a massive West Wing fan.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> yes. I, we sit in meetings, and I always think of saying, "Should we talk about the elephant in the room? Um, no, <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Looking at the wrong poster. Oh, that, that one, looks yeah. it. It's the oh, everyone one,
2: yeah. comments on the elephant. Nobody ever has ever commented on that one ever. So you've got to be a West Wing geek to spot that. I think.
1: <laughs> I'm having that. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. My mum and dad are rewatching it for the, God knows how many.
2: Yeah, uh, done I've done that. Lost count days. of how many times. Yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah they've got the DVDs at the minute, so we'll have to wait until oh, okay. they've finished it.
2: You can normally find it somewhere, can't you? It's normally on yeah. something or other. Yeah, we've watched it several times. When we get, when we get really stuck for anything decent yeah. to watch, that, right? Let's go back to West Wing, and then you you're good yeah. for quite a long time. Then,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, back to the old faithful. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. you've got cool, this. Must be two hundred episodes or
2: something. Yeah, it's like eight seasons worth. Yeah. Mm.
1: Anyway, this isn't <laughs> a
0: West Wing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched a single episode, so I'm like...
1: Not... You've never
2: watched West Wing? Uh,
1: Sarah, I don't know if this maybe should be part of your um, future recruitment, but um, Wes doesn't watch telly.
2: Right. He watches oh, films, but okay. he doesn't
1: watch telly. He's weird.
2: Yeah, that He's is weird.
1: Films. Films He's watched movie. every
0: film.
2: So you just watch stuff that's streamed? No, like, it's just... It's just I just
0: see, don't watch. I see that you can get a film done in a couple of hours. Yeah. Whereas TV series, as you've just said, the wet wing can last yeah, forever. Yes. Whereas a, a couple of hours, the story's done. It's all finished.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I prefer the other. I prefer to get really into something that I know is going to last great. for a while. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Anyway, well, okay. right. Let's do a little intro. Yeah.
0: So are you, uh, are you doing that? Are you still doing that? No, you can do it. Okay, I'll do them. <laughs> So, Sarah's your guest. <laughs> so this week is the kind of a kind of a special uh, episode because the guest for this week is my boss's boss, uh, who is the chief executive officer of Home that Host. Uh, that's olden Stockport, and Tameside. Um, Sarah. And Bolton, because always forget Bolton says he's not in the host but, but,
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. How are you doing?
2: I'm good yeah thanks for having me
0: so,
1: um, so uh, yeah how is it host and not hobst
2: so yeah well <laughs> so so we used to be home start tameside then we became home start tameside and oldham and Homestart tno for short and then we were approached by stockport so there used to be there used to be 12 home starts in greater manchester um, oh. So when at Oldham, Oldham closed we expanded from Tameside and became Tameside and Oldham and then we were approached by Stockport who asked us would we take them on basically so we agreed to that but didn't want to become Start Toss, Tameside, Oldham, <laughs> Stockport. So that is why we then became host. So we we shuffled it around to something to make it a little bit more palatable and became Oldham Stockport Tameside and host for short. So everyone, for a couple of years, everyone just called us host. And then when we took Bolton on, we couldn't figure out how to get a beat in there and didn't want to have to keep saying host that Oldham Stockport Tameside Bolton. It was too much of a mouthful and because everyone just called us host we legally changed our name to home start host so that's that's why it is host it's a little bit random but none of us could think of a better name really or no. of a way to get b in there
1: and at so- least it was olderman not somewhere beginning with i because that would have been that would have been really <laughs> awkward <laughs> so tell us about home start then uh what's uh because i know wes does some work with you, but it's not entirely Homestart. So uh, what's, uh, yeah. what's Homestart so, for the uninitiated?
2: So Homestart, we're a family support charity. So we're part of a federated network, basically. So there are 180-something Homestarts across the UK. There used to be a lot more. There used to be um, about 360, but there's been quite a lot of consolidation and mergers and also, sadly, quite a few closures over the last few years. So there's about 180 odd of us across the UK. Um, and the whole kind of ethos of Home Start is parents supporting parents. So there's a focus on children under the age of five. So essentially we exist in order to support parents to give their children the best possible start in life. So we do that by focusing on supporting parents with children in the early years, that not 5 period. So all Home Starts will have some level of volunteer home visiting, which is kind of the bread and butter core work of Home Start, which essentially involves recruiting people from the local community that tend to be parents themselves, training them and supporting them to visit families in their own homes for a couple of hours a week. And they'll offer emotional support, practical help to families with a huge range of needs. So it could be poverty, it could be social isolation, it could be mental health issues, it could be a combination of lots of different things. Um, Quite often the families that we work with don't have that kind of social network around them or extended family. So um, the support that they can get from a volunteer is is, amazing support. Um, so that's like the the kind of uh, main work of of all home starts, and then from that, lots of home starts have developed different areas of work, and and for us, we've got several areas of work. Uh, one of those main areas of work is supporting parent infant mental health, so supporting um, parents to develop a really good relationship with their child, particularly in that not two period. And um, we've been doing that work for uh, around eight years, maybe, or so. Um, and Dad Matters, which Wes now works for, was part of that um, going on for six years ago. We we kind of built on our parent for mental health work and um, recognised that we were doing really good work with that. But actually, we were predominantly supporting mums with a female dominated staff and volunteer workforce. So we tried to do something about that in partnership with our clinical colleagues. And fortunately we were successful in um, applying for a grant. And that grant was from the Health Foundation and from that Dad Matters was born. So basically we got enough money for a year, kind of 15 months, to do some consultation work and some kind of project planning work. And we got Kieran in post through that, who's Wes's boss, Um, and it's just grown from that. So uh, it's been quite a journey over those kind of few years. Um, We do quite a few other things as Homestart as well. So in Oldham and Tameside, uh, we run infant feeding services, We've uh, recently acquired a baby bank, which wasn't something that we'd planned on. Um so we have. And you can make a deposit or withdrawal. Um, like no, take I take a baby or something along something that in. side. So it's essentially <laughs> like a food bank. Um, but instead oh. of going for food, you can access the baby bank through a referrer, um, for essential items for babies and oh, and fantastic. children up to the age of ten, basically. So for families that are struggling. Um, due to poverty or facing financial hardship for whatever reason um, we can help them with um, a combination of clothing equipment so most of the items that that we kind of distribute through the baby bank are donated by the public so your children grow really quickly they grow out of clothes really Mm -hmm. quickly and you also kind of get through your equipment quite quickly so um, you know once you've no longer have use for your pram or you know cot then you know people pass it on to us Mm. we make sure it's clean we safety check and then we we distribute it to families in need so that's that's kind of something that we acquired because it was facing closure um, it was previously run by another charity that, that um, unfortunately couldn't sustain the service for a, um, a number of reasons. Uh, we use the service a lot as HomeStart, so we stepped in basically to take it on. So we've been officially running that since April. Um, and our most recent endeavor is we are opening a charity shop which we're just in the process of cleaning and and kind of fitting out. We just got the keys a few weeks ago. Um, So that's in Hyde, in Tameside. So that will hopefully be open at some point over the next few weeks.
3: Brilliant.
2: So we do lots of other things as well and lots of things that, Mm. that come and go, but that's kind of the main areas of work.
1: That's fantastic. A real lifeline to lots of people in lots of different situations.
2: Yeah, definitely. And families come to us for, you know, for different reasons. And and we've got a a real kind of range of services from pregnancy up to age five that families can dip in and out of as they need, you know, the different kind of services, really. So, yeah, so it's quite, quite a good offer. Um, We're quite a large home start, so... Um, so we have got, you know, a lot to offer families. So um, yeah, that, yeah,
1: that's a big area that you cover, isn't it? Geographically. It, it is. Population wise yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, it's quite significant. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, um, yeah.
1: So what would be the best way for people to get in touch if they need any, um, if they need any of your services to find out more about your services?
2: Yeah. So you can go to our website, which is www.home.com hyphen starthost.org.uk um, Wes can I'm sure you can kind of share the website details if you've got any show notes or anything like that um, mm-hmm. so yeah and we're always looking for volunteers as well so if people are in those areas, those four areas, Oldham, Stockport Tameside, Bolton, if you've got any time to spare we've got a, a real kind of range of roles that people can get involved with uh, but we're always looking for volunteers
1: yeah Fantastic. And that I, I'm guessing that's the same wherever there's home starts. You said there were, yeah. uh, you know, over 100. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. that's not nationwide coverage, but um, uh, some somewhere to, you know, perhaps from your website, they can find stuff that's more local to them
2: yeah absolutely so we've got a national body so we've got home start uk that's kind of uh, an umbrella organization so if people are interested in home starts you know wherever they might be if they google home start uk and um, there's a map on there you can enter your postcode and it will tell you where your nearest home start is yeah
1: fantastic that's good thanks very much for that that's very interesting but not only are you uh, ceo of home start hosts yeah uh, You're also uh, an awesome vegan. (laughs) Yes. So tell us about that. What's your vegan story?
2: Oh, gosh, my vegan story. So uh, vegan for, um, I I think I've lost track. I think I'm either in my eighth year or it will be eight years in January. I get a little bit. um, I can't quite remember. Um, So I did Veganuary um eight years or so ago and stuck to it which I kind of had I'd been thinking about going vegan for a long time but I'd convinced myself that it would be really difficult um because I think we all think it's quite difficult before we actually do it and then realize actually what the hell was I worried about why I put (laughs) it on for so long um so I thought right I can do it for a month anyone can do anything for a month so I'll do Veganuary um but I had kind of hoped to stick to it and i and i have done so i you know it, it it was a lot easier than i thought um and yeah so yeah quite quite a while but i also spent kind of 20 odd years as a vegetarian as well so okay. um yeah so I,
1: I, okay sorry i was just going to ask what was it that made you start thinking about being vegan in the first place then because you know you said that you thought about it for a while and then you did yeah your, so. so
2: i i went vegetarian when i was probably about 13 14 um and was vegetarian for a very long time until i got pregnant um which is going back quite a while now um <laughs> but when i was having my eldest child who's now 22 um which makes me feel very old um <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of you know things were very different then you know it, it was kind of very very early days of the internet and Google, you know there was none of those kind of resources around that are around now and I was very much told by doctors everyone that I had to start at least eating fish if not meat so you think well I yeah I need to do the right thing for my baby that's you know that's developing so I kind of believed all of that and and from that I did start eating meat again which was like one of the things that I really regret now Um, so for a while I did eat meat again, um, and then I'd kind of convinced myself that I didn't eat a lot at all. um. But I'd convinced myself that I wanted to not only go back to being vegetarian but I wanted to take that next step and, and go vegan. I probably did put it off for a couple of years because I just thought that it was going to be really difficult Um and I think like most vegans that I speak to now I just wish I'd have done it sooner because it's like it's so much easier than you think it's going to be and once you've done it you think what what was I so worried about Um and why did I think it would be so complicated? Um, I mean, things are so easy now as well, aren't they? I remember like when I first went vegetarian, you know, I remember buying packs of saucer mix and TVP and soaking things overnight to make burgers. And, you know, things are so different now um, that it's as easy as you want it to be now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just really
1: incredible. Uh, we really, have it so easy though it's just
2: it's really easy I think in in some ways it's almost too easy because there's so much vegan junk <laughs> yes. now yes um, that you know it's it's easy to fall into that trap so so I went vegan I went vegan for the animals but soon kind of realized that actually I was feeling a lot better as well um, so, you know, you kind of become more aware of the health impact of the food that you're eating. Mm. Um, and from that, I became more and more interested in whole food plant-based diets, Right, you know, rather than, because it's easy to eat vegan junk. Mm. Um, so we do try to be you know, like whole foods as much as possible. We're not entirely whole foods. I know, like, you know, some people are. Um, we're not because life is busy. And, you know, if there was time to spend all day every day doing meals prep it it you know it might be a lot easier but um it's difficult i've got a busy job so you know sometimes it needs to be whatever falls out of the freezer and um that's when it then becomes a bit easy you know to rely on the vegan junk quite a bit but some of it is so nice that it's it's quite hard (laughs) to turn away
0: from you have to be mindful mindful, don't you of like like say for eating that junk food and then just going, hang on a minute we just need some some like a vegetable dinner yeah a roast dinner with tons and tons of vegetables in it it's like, I'm all right now yeah so did it's... you find anything like and was there any difficulty that you you found over from when you changed to now any and struggles with
2: it? I think like everyone I'm giving up cheese was difficult because I don't care what anyone says I've yet to find a palatable vegan cheese they're all rank if you ask me (laughs) um don't exist they don't exist at all yeah um so that's that was the thing that took the longest time to kind of get over the cravings for I guess Mm. um now yeah yeah occasionally I will miss a bit of cheese but it's not the typical you know pizzas and things like that you can absolutely have pizza without cheese on and I would prefer to have no cheese rather than vegan cheese a lot of the time um Mm. so I don't kind of miss it in that sense just every now and then we kind of get a craving for some crackers or something like that it's you know like I used to really like um the crumbly Lancashire cheese and and things like that that there's just no like nice vegan kind of alternative yep. to, to those kind of things. But things improve all the time. And I do quite like the the vegan Philadelphia these days. So, you know. That, oh, yeah, that's not bad. That's and
1: quite I, good. I, I just saw this evening um, that uh, I think it's honestly, is it on? hold on, I'm just going to Google it. Honestly Tasty, I think they are. Yes. I've just launched a brie oh, okay. uh, that's for sale in Holland and Barrett. Oh, okay. Um, that's just come out. So, that I've had a couple of their bits before that have been pretty good. Yeah. But really, um, the only vegan cheese I've had that's been any good was in a restaurant in Belgium. And oh, okay. That's a long way to go just for a bit of cheese.
2: That's a long way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but
2: isn't it addictive,
1: um, cow cheese? Yes. Isn't it got something yeah. in it? And that's why yeah. people often say, oh, yeah, I really struggle with cheese.
2: Yeah. Because it's I your. Think-
1: your it's like heroin or something,
2: isn't it? It is, yeah. And what what I think once you start to, you know, once you get into all the kind of science behind food and nutrition and, and try to understand a bit more about that kind of thing, it's it, it's a real eye opener. Um, so, know when I first went vegan, I didn't feel like I needed to watch a lot of the kind of animal focused um, films and things like. That. I'd already made that decision. It already kind of horrifies me and I know that I'm Mm. not coming back but the the things that I was really interested in were things like forks over knives and cowspiracy and you know all of those kind of things that really kind of shine a light on the way that food is marketed and um you know the, the kind of stuff that's in there that that we just don't know about really kind of got interested in um like Michael Greger and Dr. Clapper and Campbell and, you know, all of that. And, and it is just a real eye opener. So yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely kind of addictive um, elements to cheese. And, you know, once you kind of do find out actually this stuff is really, really bad for you. So not Mm -hmm. only is it bad for the animals, it's really bad for you to consume it. Um, And then it's, it, yeah, it, it's a real eye opener and, and it also kind of for me, it's like why doesn't everyone see this? You know, why can't everyone appreciate all of this information? Um well there's definitely no no going back.
0: Mm.
1: You you mentioned somebody then that I didn't know I don't know who they are. Was it Michael? Oh yeah,
2: so Michael Greger. Um so the um he he's a vegan doctor so they're all from they're all american um but there is yeah so they've all been involved in um you know some of the films like forks over knives and um okay. Calf and, and, and things like that um and i think with um dr colin campbell and Dr Esselstyn, they um, have very much kind of led the way in um, the benefits of a whole food plant-based diet for things like preventing and reversing heart disease and diabetes and you know those kind of things. So they're very much coming at things from a health angle. I think um, Dr Esselstyn was um, a cardiologist who kind of just got fed up of fixing patients with heart disease and Kind of yeah, really, really kind of uh, this is going back years and years and, and he kind of really did his research and um, found out a lot more about areas in the world where they don't have the same kind of levels of heart disease wow. as, as they do in America. And once you start to look into that and you see that the diets are massively different and, you know, kind of all the evidence kind of really stacks up, which, you know, people know about the, you know, the, um, the risk of eat, eating too much red meat and and those kind of things. So not only for heart disease and uh, diabetes, but also for cancer. So that you know, the, there's a lot of of kind of health science out there, but it's very well um, hidden and kept in the shadows by the animal agriculture industry. So um, you know, it's quite hard to get through that. Yeah, through all the marketing and the messaging and the power that they have got. Um, I find all that side of it really interesting, and and all of that was stuff that I wasn't aware of when when I made the decision to become vegan. Um, but it's it, it just really adds, you know, to to everything about animal welfare that's already kind of there in terms of my values and things that I just don't want to engage in because I don't think it's right. It then you know really kind of adds to all of that. So. Um, yeah, I find all of that
0: really interesting. Because was that, um, would that have been that research you're on about? Is that the stuff that was perhaps linked to the China study? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah that's it. Yeah.
0: That, that blew my mind. We When yeah. we, went to, we went to vegan camp out last year and I was watching the Peter uh, PETA uh, talk yeah. talked about the China study, came straight home and had a Google it and it's, it's mind blowing the stuff they got Absolutely. From it. it's
2: incredible
0: yeah. Incredible what we found. Just from one group. It <laughs> it's really is.
2: There's there's something on Netflix at the minute. I don't know if you've seen it about um, like how to live to hundred.
1: Oh right, sorry. Yeah, something.
2: Yeah, there, which right. I haven't watched yet, but that's about the blue zones, which um, again is like predominantly whole food, plant based diet. So, um, and you know, so much of you know, people say, "Well, vegan can't afford a, a vegan diet. It's all really expensive." Well, yes, it is if you buy in processed stuff but actually a lot of vegan food is peasant food it's really cheap food it's it's your your pulses your legumes you know yes you know all your fresh veg and and what have you which you know if, if you are on a budget it can be cheaper to buy a ready meal than it can be to buy fresh vegetables but that's you know that's part of everything that's wrong with our country at the minute mm-hmm. um but the you know the, the essentials are you know bag of lentils is, is far cheaper than you know than buying you know, a slab of red meat and pound for pound there's more protein actually in the lentils so mm-hmm. um you know that the, there's a lot there and i think if you you know, if you're interested in all of that there's so much mm-hmm. information out there to make it really easy and to, you know to find out that information and get really good recipes and tips and um yeah it's it's kind of mm-hmm. easier than than you think really
1: Absolutely, and and the lentils aren't subsidised in the way that meat is no. by governments around the world. No, it's uh, absolutely incredible it. the the price that people pay for meat, and and they say, oh yeah, well vegan food is expensive. Well, maybe if vegan food was subsidised to the yeah. level that meat is subsidised, then people would realise actually, do you know what? Uh, it's not. It's we're we're not paying enough for the animals on our plates.
2: Absolutely. Is the issue. Yeah, um, and and yeah. the dairy industry is the same as well, meat and dairy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's all subsidised, mm-hmm. um, whereas broccoli isn't, you know. it's yeah. <laughs> It's bonkers, isn't it? You know, yeah. Which, which is better for people.
1: Um, yeah, although I can't imagine them giving kids broccoli in schools at, no. at break times. I don't no. think that would go down very well.
0: <laughs> um, I was wondering, actually, Um, so I've been speaking, I mentioned to Kieran that you were coming on. He He said... He'd be interested for me to ask this question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. So
2: okay,
0: do it. Or we can edit it out if it's we really can edit it out. Okay. <laughs> but, so Kieran said it'd be interesting to know how it feels to be vegan working in the sector that we work in. The example is as you raised when when we discussed it. Is we recently did a, a zoo visit for the families. So how does that sit with you?
2: Um i guess i've got kind of mixed feelings about some of of that stuff i think i think working in the voluntary sector you you're probably more likely to find other vegans in the voluntary sector than in co- the corporate world um you know i think people who work in the voluntary sector tend to be really values led people we wouldn't be there otherwise because we certainly don't do it for the money we do it because we care about you know whatever the cause is that that we are working for and and, and you know that comes from a place of being a values based person um so you yeah, know I, occasionally i do come across other vegans it's not very often um but it you know it 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 does happen i think the reaction that i get probably mostly is almost one of i wish i I wish I was doing that, I wish I was vegan, you know, because you can see people have got the, those values themselves, but they they possibly haven't made that connection. And I think I've seen that more so over the last few years, mm. as people become more and more aware about the impact of the animal agriculture industry on the climate. And, you know, everyone is, is becoming much more aware of the climate crisis. And, you know, as well as, animal welfare and health there is that environmental impact of having a vegan diet and and people are becoming more aware of that so i do find people almost trying to justify themselves to me more and more where it's oh i only meet eat meat you know like once a week now or or oh, we have a couple of plant-based days a week or you know so people are much more aware of it um so that side of it i think yeah I don't think working in the voluntary sector is any, you know, probably any different to anywhere else, but I do think you're more likely to find kind of sympathetic people. Um, I certainly never had anyone in a, you know, in a work environment kind of make fun of me the way that I might do with my own family or, (laughs) you know, other people that like to have a cheap dig at vegans. Um, So that, you know, there, there is, certainly a level of interest and sympathy i think that that you come across um in terms of things that we do within our own organization some things do make me feel uncomfortable um but i do have to kind of keep that in check to a large extent because ultimately you know i'm in a position of power and i have to be very mindful of that given my role as chief executive you know it's um I'd like to think I'm not somebody who goes you know wielding their power around unnecessarily but just by dint of being of my role I am in a you know a position of authority so I have to be quite mindful of um you know when it is and isn't appropriate to then share my views or kind of certainly don't want to um press my views onto people where it wouldn't be appropriate Um, and we have you have to kind of balance it so whereas you know the zoo trip would kind of make me feel you know and does make me feel uncomfortable now but i also know that before i was vegan years ago when my children were little so like going back 20 years i did take my children to the zoo you know so because i didn't kind of know any better Mm. at that time and you know i was kind of again kind of you know led to believe that the zoos were kind of, you know, working on conservation and, you know, all of that stuff. Whereas now I know more because I'm a bit more informed, but I've made the effort to be informed. Um, But I also don't think I've got the right to impress my view on particularly disadvantaged families who um, would never be able to afford a day out like that themselves. And to a large extent, we give the families that we work with um the autonomy and and you know the 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 ability to engage in what they want to do so you know, it's not a case of us saying we're going to the zoo it's okay you know it's a case of us consulting with the families that we work with we're going to put a day out put on a day out for you what do you want to do and overwhelmingly the request came well we'd like to go to the zoo I'd like my children to see these animals and you know so I don't feel like it's my place to deny those families that opportunity as uncomfortable as it does make me feel. And actually one of the reasons why I, you know, that did kind of push me to really want to go vegan years ago was because, um, we did a trip to Smithills farm, mm. um, years ago with, with home Start families. And I went on that day out and just came home feeling quite horrified, actually. Um, so part of, um, Part of the uh, kind of experience of the day was to go into the milking shed. And although this kind of milking shed had um, open sides, the stench in there was was a very kind of sulfurous um, smell. I was literally gagging. So like most people were there, had to keep coming out, just couldn't stand it. And that was one of the things that actually pushed me over the edge because that is not right. That can't, you know, that can't be right. And um, you know, I, I kind of um I have experience of farms, so um where, uh, like my um uh, mum, who's no longer with us, but she was um my mum was from Ireland and she was born on a farm. So every time we went over to Ireland when I was a child, we'd be around you know on the on farms and um they had they had cows and you know but my experience of that was very 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 different to go you know to that kind of small scale but what felt like very intensive you know farming to me um and and again that kind of made me curious, I guess, about, you know, because before that, like a lot of people, you think, oh, well, where's the harm in milk? And you know,
1: yeah.
2: You don't really think about these things until you become curious to start to find more out. And and you know, then then you become horrified. Um yeah. but yeah, so it does make me feel uncomfortable now. But lots of other things that I come across at work make me feel uncomfortable. And I have to be quite um mindful of and there are some things that um make me feel quite frustrated sometimes uh, you know in a a work environment and again I have to hold my tongue quite a lot um and just you, you know I think again and it's like it's like a lot of the vegan debate you know you can have um you, know, you you're you're kind of you carrot oysticks sticks with with the vegan you know trying to persuade people to become vegan or try, you know, trying to have that debate and that that argument and there are different approaches to that um personally i prefer the kind of um you know, the, the kind of positive messaging around it that would hopefully and you know lead people to to become vegan themselves rather than mm. kind of browbeating them or saying you know <laughs> you know trying to to shame them or make them feel guilty because I don't think that is as successful f- from my point of view. I think um Rich Roll, I don't know if you ever kind of listened to his podcasts and and things, but he kind of describes himself as wanting to be the lighthouse kind of you know leading people to to you know, to to where he's at in terms of veganism, and and I kind of think, yeah, I can see. For me, that that feels more positive than than to to be the one saying, oh, you sh- you shouldn't do that, and um, you know, to kind of have that more combative style doesn't. I, I don't think that that I don't think it's as successful, and certainly for where I am in a work setting, it wouldn't be appropriate. Okay so
3: i'm not sure if that
1: answers your question but yeah yeah it's at work it is a minefield isn't it because yeah yeah you you want to stay true to your values but also you know you've got to pay the mortgage so (laughs) you can't can't be in there with your placards and having a go at people and um holding up the cube of truth and all that kind of thing can you so absolutely it's um it is is really difficult to get that right balance without um being completely alienated by colleagues
2: yeah it is difficult and i think sometimes you know when you say things just as a matter of fact um you it, it's just as powerful as as if you're trying to you know persuade or or stop something like i wouldn't want to stop the zoo trip because i don't want to see i don't want to spend money mm-hmm. on the zoo but it i wouldn't want to stop that because I just don't feel that that would be appropriate in my position to do that. Even though I could, I don't think it would be appropriate.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense.
3: There's nothing better than a hunk of prime Labrador steak, wonderfully marbled. And that is almost entirely dependent on how it's produced. Elwood's organic dog meat has complete control of this entire journey. So I'm here at Elwood's farm to find out a little more about it.
2: Welcome to Elwood Farms. Thank you
3: very much, Elwood.
2: I hear you do a bit of barbecuing.
3: I do a little bit of barbecuing every now and then, yes. From a chef's point of view. Consistency is key for everything.
2: It doesn't matter if it's a Rottweiler ribeye, a Pyrenees mince, or a lab sirloin. You can always tell
3: when the dog comes from a place where it was well reared. And every step has to be right. doesn't <laughs> it? Oh, you should see these guys. So from an Elwood's point of view, there's complete traceability.
1: Absolutely, unrivaled
3: traceability, so it's fine. Every single piece of dog meat. Yeah, from pub to farmer's market. Everything the dog's been fed? Everything about it. For each dog? Yeah, only Marks and Spencer's and Whole Foods do this. Where else can people order
2: from? From elwooddogmeat.com. That's E-L-W-O-O-D dogmeat.com.
3: For top quality meat from dogs for people. Meat that's local, sustainable, and humanely harvested. There's only Elwood's organic dog meat. <laughs> they seem pretty friendly, don't they? They're more responsive to me than my kids, to be honest.
1: Hey, thanks for coming back. Hey. I was worried you might uh, not come back because you were writing up some sort of disciplinary paperwork for Wes.
0: <laughs> You've been planning that for a while, haven't you? <laughs> I wrote that down <laughs> on the train on
3: the way
2: home.
3: <laughs> oh. Oh. A... Yeah, I day. wouldn't anyway. discipline the
2: only other vegan on the team.
1: Yeah, he's got a protected characteristic a Characteristic. <laughs> now, so, yeah. <laughs>
0: Give me free reign, <laughs>
2: not quite <laughs> no
1: don't push it <laughs> excellent so uh when you went vegan then uh sarah what did your friends and family think about it and you mentioned you've got a sort of farming background or uh, um, not so a farming background but um yeah but my within mom,
2: the family but, so. yeah my mom grew up on a farm mm-hmm. um yeah i just uh, you kind of get, you know, oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't live without. I can't live without my meat. Yeah, you can. It's not the same as oxygen. You can. <laughs> um, so that? yeah, I still get quite a bit of pushback for. I've got three sisters that are all older than me. Quite a bit older than me as well. So I've always been the baby of the family. Um right. So you know, the, there's still that sense of it. You know, it's them. So they're they're quite close in age, and then along. I came like eleven years later, so there's eleven years between my youngest, next youngest sister, and fourteen years between me and my eldest sister. Um, So yeah, they they all kind of share the same views of you know very much meat eaters. In fact, my eldest sister um, has spent some time on like the paleo diet, and you know, so she's like exact opposite. Uh, which is, I think I don't know enough about it but is, you know she 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 spent time doing Atkins years ago oh, uh, yeah. which is like loads and loads of meat I believe paleo is very similar I, think, I don't know if it's like Atkins that's been rebranded since Atkins died since he died you yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah so uh, yeah so she kind of you know is very kind of staunch you know meat eater and and what have you mm-hmm. um so there, yeah there's a bit of kind of pushback there but then like my own family it it you know absolutely fine and in fact my daughter went vegan not long after me so she was Brilliant. vegetarian for a while um and she yeah not long after me um went vegan and it's also stayed vegan um so because she was also vegan, I was cooking mainly vegan meals. Um, yeah. So I've got a son as well. So he's he's just turned 20 and he is absolutely not vegan and has no intention of ever yeah. kind of, you know, being so. Um, despite my gentle, you know, kind of encouragement That's to amazing. eat more vegetables and, and what have you. Um so, but because I was cooking predominantly kind of vegan, my my husband, who was previously you know not interested at all in being vegan, is uh, he he's he's certainly vegetarian. I think it, you know he's not eaten meat for a very long time. He eats very very little um, kind of non-vegan food. He's not vegan, and he wouldn't describe himself as vegan. Like you know, he would go out and buy leather shoes you know you know without giving that a second thought but certainly in terms of his diet he is kind of 95 percent plant-based wow. uh it's 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 cheese it's the cheese that yeah he, yeah that he um struggles with every now and then um so i wouldn't describe him as as vegan at all but um he's certainly shifted massively since really since good. i went vegan um and he's become again much more aware. I think largely because I've kind of made him sit and watch quite a lot of the <laughs> programs yeah. that you know that I've watched. Um, so and and even if he's not actively watching it, just the fact that it might be on and he's in the room, I think he's kind of absorbed some of it through osmosis and has just <laughs> like, gradually kind of consumed vegan propaganda, whether willingly or not. Um, so he, he he's definitely definitely shifted. So there's been you know a bit bit of a mix really. Um, friends, like yeah, I, I think the like the first question was like why you know people are like, <laughs> why would you do that um <laughs> but now you know they accept it and actually I've made quite a few new friends since being vegan that are that are other vegans um just through the vegan community and and what have you and you know that and that's really great because you know that there's that shared value base there's it doesn't it doesn't even need to be a conversation it's just you know that you're both coming from the same place um and and i've now quite pleased to say i know quite a few few vegans um, and some of them I meet up with, you know, every week, uh, a couple of times a week with some of them. And some of that is through Vegan Runners.
0: Yes. Um, but,
2: uh... Yes.
1: <laughs> Wes always moans at me because most of the guests that I've got on have been people I've met through Vegan Runners. And oh, this one okay. I can take no blame. No blame
2: whatsoever. <laughs> it's Fantastic. great. Well on, Sarah. yeah, it, it, it's uh, yeah, I think there's just such a great vegan runners community out there. It's absolutely yes. brilliant. Um, so most of my now, like, vegan mm-hmm. vegan friends, I've met three fantastic vegan runners that, you know, um, we meet up quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also some other vegans. So another thing that, um, that we do is we have an allotment. Um, and actually two of the other people that I I don't know everyone that's got an allotment on our site, but certainly know two of them um that are also vegan. Um so you know that again there's you know there's that interest in healthy food and you know I think similar to me, I think both of those um people came to veganism through what you know wanting to do the right thing for animals, but you know, then kind of get more interested in in food and nutrition and you know the the kind of natural link from that to kind of growing your own food and um so yeah so it's it's quite nice to have you know um to, to know people to have friends with those kind of shared interests um but yeah vegan runners has been like I would say instrumental in kind of my vegan friendships developing really
1: fantastic it's, uh, I say it nearly every episode, but it is, it has been such a great support for me. Yeah. To to meet so many new people. And without that, I don't know, I don't know how else we'd find other vegans.
2: No, because there's not that many of us. Just hanging around a restaurant there. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not that many of us out there, really. So, so you know, no. in terms of general population size, but. Um, yeah, I think vegan runners has been brilliant, and actually, um, so through vegan runners, um, I, I kind of met somebody at my local park run. We arranged to meet up. She was, um, you know, a, a vegan runner from. Uh, from wigan so we arranged to meet up at the park run in, in wigan and we've become really good friends we run during the week uh-huh. and we meet up at park run um and then there's two other vegan runners at, at park run and um, so again one, one of them comes out with us we tend to run on a thursday evening and then we meet up at park run and there's a, there's a group of us so you know do park run um and then coffee and Chat afterwards and yeah,
3: that's the best. It up
2: all, yeah, it takes a ball like the Saturday morning. It's yeah, it's really good. Yeah,
1: mm. fantastic. is, is Wiggin yeah. your local? Yeah, yeah, when you've finished, yeah. Yeah, is Wigan that's, your that's... local one, and
2: yeah, it is. Yeah, Hay Woodland Park Run. That's my nearest. So I actually live in Chorley. Um, so there isn't okay. one in Chorley, but um, I'm kind of um I'm on the, the Wigan side of the Chorley borough. Okay. And so yeah that that's my nearest one uh which is you know it, it's lovely actually it's a gorgeous setting it's a tough park run now i think but i think they're all tough but um yeah uh,
1: if anyone ever suggests uh water grove oh right uh make sure you're busy that day
2: okay uh, i did yes. that one
1: when i visited where's one weekend and it nearly killed me and it, it, it um, turns yes. out it's in the top Five hardest oh, in the country or something, yeah. Oh it's gosh. whereabouts <laughs> is that
2: one then, Wes? So is,
1: is it, it Rochdale, Wes? It's just,
0: oh, okay. It's outside Rochdale, between Rochdale and Littleborough. but it's, um, it's like Matthew found that there was a there's a grading on the website.
2: There is, um, yeah.
0: And Watergrove was eight out of ten. Wow. It was, yeah, yeah it's now, it, yeah. it's basically you
1: start here, you go down, yeah, but then obviously you have to come back you up. Have to come back up, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah. I going down. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. Uh, here we go."
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're basically crawling at the end. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, they're tough. Some yeah, hay is a bit like that. But so like, the the first okay. half is downhill, but then, as you say, you got to come back up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's quite tough. So,
0: so apart from park run, what's the um? Oh, sorry. Apart from vegan runners, what's the best thing about being vegan?
2: um best thing i I think it's just you know you 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 go to bed at night with a clear conscience don't you You don't you know you don't kind of feel that that guilt about what you've maybe implemented on you know on animals during that day i think um yeah I, i i don't know i think i think you just feel lighter in yourself somehow for not contributing to all of that I think that that's that's the best thing Mm. I think everything else you know there are so many benefits you know the the kind of health benefits and um you know being able to kind of meet people with that shared values system the um you know that you know that you're doing the right thing for the planet which is more important than ever Mm. um but yeah that sense of you know when you're out on a walk or anything like that um you know you you see whether it might walk you past a field of, field of sheep or cows or whatever and you can you know you feel you really feel for them because you know what their fate is going to be but at least you know that you're not contributing to that mm-hmm. um so is that that kind of you know that, that sense of yeah at least I'm not I'm not paying. Someone to contribute to that on my behalf.
0: You said there about the guilt thing, and I just made me think: it's a guilt that you don't realise you have. Yeah. Because you always, you know, if you, if, you, if you feel guilty about doing something, but you don't actually realise that you feel guilty until you stop doing it, and you're like, Yeah, oh, now I feel like a right arse. You know.
2: Yeah, but it is that's that cognitive dissonance, though, isn't it? And you know, we are all conditioned to think that we need. Yeah, we need animal products, whether that's the meat or you know, the milk, you know, that Mm -hmm. that is completely conditioned into us as a population. It goes back to what I was saying before about when I was first pregnant. You know, I was told that if I wanted to do the right thing for my developing baby, I had to, you know, I had to eat, you know, eat meat, basically, or at least eat fish. And I didn't know any better then. Um Mm -hmm and you believe what you're told you believe what you're told
1: by i was going to say you'd expect a medical professional to tell you the truth wouldn't you it's uh... yeah but but now knowing what we know it's it's just incredible
2: it's it is incredible and and i think what is really incredible is when you find out just how little if any the medical profession, how, you know, how little education there is for the medical profession on nutrition. You know, they, they, they barely scratch it. It's, you know, it's the one thing that's in all of our power to control, isn't it, is what what goes on your plate for each meal mm. that you sit down to eat. And, you know, the, the only time it really gets spoken about is in relation to obesity. Mm. Uh, and then they just talk about moderation because they don't want to be a nanny state and telling people what to do. But actually, you know, they don't tell you about how what you're eating contributes to cancers and heart disease and diabetes and all of that. And they don't they just I don't think the medical profession is aware enough of the modern research. And and, you know, it it only takes, you know. The, the kind of you know the the research that gets all the press attention so like the national press attention like years ago there was a whole thing about butter and it's like oh hallelujah butter's really good for you it's better than everything else um, but when you look into the research and you find out actually it was sponsored by the animal agriculture industry you know it's the same with eggs you know oh eggs are really good for you but actually trace the research back but you know busy Kind of medical staff, they don't necessarily have the time. They just kind of, you know, kind of read. And if it, it looks like it's a peer-reviewed, you know, piece of research, then you know they kind of think, well, or you know, they, they don't really kind of dig under it and and kind of question it. I guess because you know the the power that's out there to influence and shape the way that we all kind of think and feel about what we eat. Um, yes yeah, it's, it's kind of huge it's scary it is scary it is scary and and uh, and anyone who kind of questions that you know you can people easily dismiss you do know, conspiracy theory and um but you know it doesn't doesn't take much research to learn to follow the money and you know that then really <clears throat> excuse me does kind of just make you evaluate things in a very different way, I think. Yeah,
0: it's, really-
1: it's very true. Is it my question now? <laughs> Sorry, we're a bit out of practice. We haven't done one for about three months. Um, okay, I'll edit that bit out, don't worry. It sounds really professional. So this is our favorite bingo question. Where do you get your protein and other nutrients?
2: Oh gosh, there's protein in everything. I've never <laughs> met anybody who's protein deficient or heard of anybody being sick through protein deficiency. Nope. Um, so yeah, protein from there's there's bits of protein in most foods. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's quite easy to just chuck a handful of lentils into you know whatever you you're making. I um, do it quite a bit of tofu. Um, yeah, and then there is a little bit too much vegan junk. I have become a little bit obsessed since Richmond brought out their sausages oh, and the yes. bacon. I just love the Richmond ones. Um, so they do sneak in a couple of times a week, um, probably far too much than than they should. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's so easy to get your protein. It is. It is
0: absolutely so, what advice would you give to someone who came to you thinking of going vegan?
2: I would say just do it. It's easier than you think, and there is loads of support out there. Um, you know, places like Veganuary, so you know you don't have to wait for January to get support from Veganuary. Um, there's support and information out there all the time, and there is so many resources now to get, you know, free recipes and and ideas. And there's just a really, really great community out there, um, you know, that that will absolutely bend over backwards to support people on their vegan journey. Um, you know, the, there's very, very few of us that have been vegan from birth, um, so you know, there's there's no, from my point of view, there's there's very little judgment around, you know people transitioning from you know because it, it it's a lot to do overnight very few people do do kind of make that decision and, and change overnight so um you know, everyone that i've ever spoken to that's vegan is only too happy to support other people that are kind of vegan curious and to support them on that journey and in, in in any way that we can whether that is you know giving them um kind of links to information film, you know, films that that help people to become a bit more informed, um, or recipes, or just, you know, where to um kind of get your fixes for things like, you know, if you, you know, I was always and still am a bit of a chocoholic. Um so, you know, where what what's good chocolate? People often ask questions about milk, you know, which milk to use and things like that. So um you know that there is so much support out there and it's quite easy to find so Mm -hmm. say for anyone considering it just do it and and probably like most of us your only regret will be that you didn't do it sooner
1: definitely definitely that's such a common uh sorry sorry common theme yeah uh, amongst vegans isn't it that you know i mean for me and wes we didn't go vegan until we were 40 yeah so that's a lot of time to make up But um, that's you know we we didn't know we didn't know any better.
2: Yeah, right. I'm the same. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. That's it.
1: All we can do is try and make up for it with the time that we've got now. So, yeah,
2: that's
1: it. Okay. So,
2: who's your (laughs)
0: vegan?
1: I am. Who's your vegan inspiration? You mentioned Rich Roll earlier on, and oh yeah, I love Rich Roll.
2: um, I don't know, I, I have so it, it, it depends kind of what element of veganism, I think. Um, so in terms of kind of, you know, animal advocacy, I would have to say Earthlingad out of, you know, all the different, um, you know, kind of animal rights advocates out there. Um, I would have to say his style i think he's he's so eloquent and i admire just how calm he remains in every debate that he has um so he's like absolutely um kind of up there um did have the pleasure to meet him very very briefly a few years ago um my my daughter um was auditioning for something in in london so we made a trip to unity diner and um nice. in its previous location i've been to the new location as well um but he was actually in there as well, which we hadn't realized just sat down looking at the menu and just kind of glanced around <laughs> so we had to go <laughs> over and just say hello and um yeah, and he was very gracious got a photograph of him with my daughter um and yeah so I think he he's definitely kind of up there um and then I think from a health perspective it's probably Rich Roll through the the amount of information that I've found through Rich Roll so I discovered Rich Roll years ago probably about six or seven years ago and started listening to some of the podcasts which has led me on this kind of Um, health curious journey I guess through you know just finding out more and more and being really kind of um, touched by just how inspirational some of his podcast guests are Um, and and just you know particularly interested in in those coming from a science perspective behind you know why Uh, whole foods plant-based diet is you know is, is better for us than you know kind of standard diets um so there's that side of it and then there's um you know the kind of environmental side of it and i think um i think it's been quite nice to see people like chris packham you know recently um, doing uh, veganuary a couple of years ago, and and you know to see him stick to it and and become you know quite a, a good kind of advocate, and also other people like Deborah Meaden, who although she doesn't describe herself as vegan, um you know she she's you can see the journey that, that people like that have kind of been on, and and I think you know when you've got high profile people like that kind of making that transition and and um you know becoming much more interested in in veganism then it has such a ripple effect um that it you know it's good um for you know for people who are kind of curious about veganism and I think you know to see that there are so many different facets and elements of the benefits of of being vegan um it always comes back to the animals but there are other benefits and and I think you know for some people if if one of the other um, kind of benefits is the route to for them to enter veganism, then that can only be a good thing because ultimately the animals don't care. They don't care why you stop eating them. They just care that you do. So I think it can only be a good thing to have, you know, um, kind of all the different reasons and different people that can kind of speak to those different reasons.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. yeah absolutely. That's a great answer. Do you have a favourite vegan restaurant or venue currently?
2: Um, Not so much vegan restaurant. Um, It's a bit. Yeah, I live in Chorley, so there isn't a great deal of choice, but there's a great place just outside of Chorley called uh, Winds Green Kitchen which is vegan and vegetarian um but most of it is vegan it's it's quite good because actually um you know what it's like as a vegan you go into a restaurant and there might be one or two things on the menu identified as vegan so this is they give you a vegan menu there might be one or two things identified on it as vegetarian um so it's quite it's quite good you know a lot of the stuff is um like probably 95% of it is, is vegan. There are one or two things in there that, that do include dairy. Um, that's a really nice place, a really stunning location as well. It's, so it's, it, it's quite nice locally. Um, and then there's there's kind of some of the big kind of chains have really, you know, developed in recent years, haven't they? So mm-hmm. I think Wagamama is quite good for vegans um, and Pizza Express has, has got, you know, Quite good kind of options, um, yeah. That that's probably it for me because, like I say, there, there are a couple of places in Chorley that, that are you know that, that cater quite well for vegans, but there aren't many that are exclusively vegan places. Unfortunately,
1: it's frustrating. Um, but um, I'm in pretty similar boat here in Northamptonshire that there's of vegan options but um there's only a couple of
2: pro- yeah.
1: proper vegan restaurants um in northampton there's not even one in Kettering where i live but
2: right um, yeah. you know
1: you just have to make the best of it don't you there's there's some, that do do some yeah. really inventive vegan options um and then you save your special trips for um yeah <laughs> proper vegan restaurants yeah
2: yeah, that's uh, yeah. I went to a great place recently in um, just outside Southport, near Ainsdale. Um, that was really nice. I can't remember what it was called. Something like Wild Rose or Wild Roots or something like that. That was exclusively vegan. Um, but the, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a, a journey for us. It was, we'd been to the beach at Ainsdale for the day, so um, called in there. But that, that was nice. But yeah, the, unfortunately, there's not that many that are exclusively vegan.
1: No, it's a shame. Um, OK, so this is our final question. And um, it's one we started asking probably about a year ago uh, when we came across the term Viztopia, which is the... Um, oh, I'm probably going to get this wrong now. I'm so out of practice. The, uh, the anguish that vegans feel at living in a non-vegan world and uh, and how we cope with it but uh do you have hope for the future
2: um yeah i think so i think um you know the i think there are quite a few universities now that are moving towards fully plant-based uh, menus within university catering there are schools that have at least one sometimes more than one plant-based day on the school meals um calendar per week um i think young people are so much more aware of of lots of things actually you know whether that is you know the you know whether that's thinking about animal rights or the environment, maybe not as much health because young people think they're invincible like we all do when we're young. So maybe that's not so much on their mind. But certainly from an environmental point of view, I think, you know, I think our young people are probably a lot more switched on than we give them credit for sometimes. Um, And I think there is far more chance of, you know, our younger generation Uh, making the changes that, that we need to see than there are of you know people of the older generation who just kind of dismiss the arguments out of hand and who typically get their news and information from mainstream sources whereas young people get their news and information from alternative sources as well and and I think that you know that hopefully will lead to will lead to change because they you know little bit more open-minded, a little bit more skeptical, maybe, and dismissive of you know what's kind of fed to them from um kind of mainstream sources. So yeah, I think I think we have to have hope. I think it's easy to despair as a vegan when you think about the horrors that happen every day. And I think if you don't keep on hold of that little bit of hope, it's easy to drown in that. So I think we have to have hope. 100%.
0: There's sure. a thing you said there about Chris Packham as well. He, um, I saw an Instagram person looking for it. I can't believe find it. But um, there's been I think it's in plant-based news somewhere that Chris Packham and a group of other people have um, what's the word? Put out there. That, I mean there's loads of words. Go on. <laughs> but, um, they're they're, they're pushing for universities to make all their restaurants fully vegan. Right. Oh, wow. Um that went out today apparently. Um, oh, was, okay. but, um is that part of plant-based universities? It might be, yeah. But um I just saw it about a half hour before we came on and it was, oh, okay. Chris Packham and a bunch of other um celebs and activists and whatnot have sort of made this push to say to universities to make it happen. There's been a few universities do it and then yeah. some that have said no, we're not gonna do it. And it's like, like you said, like said, Sarah, the, um, the kids. Kids are our future. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those those kids that are in universities are the, are the type that are going to make those differences, I think.
2: They will. And I think, you know, it'd be interesting to know why a university would say they would do it and then change their mind. And mm-hmm. that goes back mm. to that scepticism around who's putting pressure on them to for them yeah. to change their mind and follow the money. And... Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah that you know people will people already are starting to choose and I you know in the kind of eight years or so that I've been vegan I've seen a massive change in that time in terms of what's on offer um in you know and I never struggle I never struggle to find something to eat wherever you know no matter where I am um so I think, you know, the, the fact that there is more on offer shows that there is more of a demand for it. And yeah, I think that you know, the, the two will feed each other.
0: And we've said before on previous episodes how, um, like Matthew said, we, we, we both changed five years ago now when we were both 40. And the difference from then till now is exponential. Massive, isn't it? Like you know, it's only it's only going to keep happening. You know that we do see restaurants closing down. We see, does it beyond beyond meat have just gone into receivership or something? Uh, but it's just because there's so many other brands out there yeah. as well. Now it's not it's not that there's no uh, call for it. It's the fact that it's growing, so there's more. Competition yeah. Out there.
2: Absolutely, and I think um, I think some of those brands are, are quite expensive. And and mm-hmm. actually, when you know really good alternatives come along, because like that, you know, like the Beyond Burgers, they're really expensive.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and actually, you know, like the Co-op's own burgers, they're my favorite. You know, they're and they're they're really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that it's good to have choice. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think um i read something there was something about about heck a few weeks ago wasn't there saying um oh there's no no demand for vegan food so we're stopping our vegan sausages no your sausages were rubbish so that's why nobody's buying them because they were rubbish
1: yeah that's right we've we've tried them and we were like
2: Yeah. yeah so when you've got choice you know yeah but i think i think you know businesses have clearly cottoned on that that there is a, need, a a demand for vegan. And it's quite interesting actually to see now much more of the beauty industry labeling things as vegan. Yes, as well yes. because that's definitely a new thing. And I've seen mm. that on TV a few times recently, like Garnier or um, you know, what shampoos and and things, you know, and and clearly targeting and marketing them at, at a vegan audience. Um, that's that's something quite new, I think, from the big brands. So the, there's clearly a need out there that they're trying to hook into into that demand. That's it.
1: that's it. That's good. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, we're at the end. Thank you so much for your time. It's been no fascinating, problem. and I hope we didn't do anything that's going to get us in trouble. But um, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, for talking to us about Homestar and about mm-hmm. uh, your vegan life, and thanks for That's, mentioning vegan runners as well.
2: It's always good to talk to other vegans. So it nice. It is absolutely.
1: absolutely.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank thanks, you. Thanks very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.
1: She was great. Well done. Well, I don't think you fun. got sacked there. Uh, I don't think you did enough to get sacked. Well done. Uh, great guest. Great guest. Yeah. Very good ideas and viewpoints.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Very
1: good. Good to come back with a bang.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to stop saying yes, lots. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was really good. It was really good. And uh, so, my like we sort of explained at the beginning, my boss, Kieran, Dad Matt's boss, had asked me, not asked me, but he said he about how he would, he would be interested to to hear what she's got to say about like that. So I'll put it in there. I hope it was okay. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, that means he's going to have to listen to find out what she said. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it was very really nice. good, it really interesting, um, just great. Yep, I love doing this.
1: I Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks very much for listening. Tell your friends if they're vegan, tell your friends if they're not vegan. Tell your friends if they're West Wing fans. Tell
0: your friends, because like- Just tell your friends. Yeah, more people listen, more people are vegan. Less animals get killed, the planet stops burning, and everyone becomes healthy, and it's all good fun.
1: And if you go to our link tree, I've just remembered this, if you go to our link tree, you will find a link to T-Mill where you can buy a How I Vegan Podcast t-shirt. How awesome would that be?
0: Yes, you can wear it out with your friends and they can go, what the hell is that? What the fuck
1: is he? He's gone nuts. He's gone nuts. But anyway, that would be a laugh, wouldn't it? So, yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you next time.
0: Yes. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all the other good stuff. And if you want to get in touch, give us a message. Or send us an email, how podcast at gmail.com. Take care. Bye. Bye.